I can't even imagine any other way. Cause like we all say, Oh, it's all about it all. It's all starting when you're young. Education is everything. We all know that's true. Um, but if you don't have um, people willing to take the time to know the students, cause that's the extra stuff that they don't get paid for. I can imagine like it's a factory. We, we were, especially America, we create a factory out of everything. You know, you can't science, you can't science learning. We keep trying to with all these stupid ass tests, right? But there's a human in there. That's the art part. There are definitely some people in this world, regardless of their credentials, they represent some of the best human beings in the world and why I am very hopeful for our future. As you'll hear, Kate Bradley Chernis, the CEO and founder of Lately, one of the best social media AI tools I have ever seen, by the way, has had a rock star life, literally. Yet her ego is on the same level as all of us. She doesn't think that she's better, but she definitely knows she's not the worst. Her IQ will show you that she's actually on the higher end of the spectrum. So having the opportunity to spend some time with her today on Educate was absolutely a pleasure and one of the biggest joys for me this week. And that is in a week where I serendipitously had this incredible room on Clubhouse where 160-ish people came through, maybe even more than 200, including Clubhouse's largest club owners sharing and spending many of the three hours plus actually it was five he spent at least three or four from what i remember and literally just offering his platform for all of us and yeah the time with kate was a level up from all of that but no more for me you just want to or rather you'll want to listen to kate you'll regret not listening to her through the end of this interview All right, we have a great guest here today for Educate, and I, I'm really, really excited because I've seen her on LinkedIn. Um, I've actually bought her product. Um, I feel guilty because I put it on pause because unfortunately our budget's a little bit you know, lower right now, but regardless, we're going back because I know it's a really great product, but I want to welcome uh, Kate Bradley Trinis. Is that correct? Uh, you got it. Oh, awesome yeah. to the show. So thank you for being here. Thank you, Brandon. Um, boy, I, I love meeting so many people now more than ever, um, and especially our customers, of course. But um, it's just great to see humans, <laughs> you know, exactly <laughs> without a mask on. True, <laughs> right? True. Exactly, like yeah. the old, old days, uh, whenever they were. Um, uh, so actually, um, I man, I just want to jump into 20 questions because you, you have such a uh, I don't know, a vibrance to you. I don't know how to describe it that I, I, I really just, I don't know. I, I, could, I, I could tell that if we hung out, it would just be a lot of fun. So we'd be uh, up late. Probably, probably. So like, I, I'm going like to, yeah, I'm going to avoid you in clubhouse because we will not stop yeah. the room. We will not, I swear to God. So, uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about the, your, your company. Oh, thank you so much, Clubhouse, the, the new time suck. Oh, my God. I um, know. <laughs> so, um, right. I'm I'm Kately from Lately, as my team likes to call me, because that's fun, right? <laughs> yep. And uh, Lately is a social media management platform. We're the only one that actually creates content for you with AI, which is pretty wild. Um, the kind of interesting nitty gritty around that is, you, as you know, Brendan, you connect your social channels to it to lately and the brain goes out and it starts to learn all the highest performing posts that you've had. And it builds a writing model based on literally what it sees your customers want to read, watch or hear. And then whatever you feed the AI brain, it applies the model and pulls it apart, pulls that long form content apart and atomizes it into tons of mini social posts that are all, again, they've got this writing model behind it, right? So it's not just splitting them up into tons of social posts for you to, and video too, by the way. So like, if you ran this through it, you'd probably get a hundred video clips of all the coolest one-liners you and I are saying, mm. right? Um, but because the AI has already tested which one-liners are gonna get the highest shares, like mm. that's why you're listening to it. So that's the kind of nerdy, 
<laughs> nerdy description of it. Um, but the cool part is before all this, uh, I used to be a rock and roll DJ. Really? Did you know that? No, I had no idea. Yeah. So, um, and it ties into lately, which is crazy. So my last gig was broadcasting to 20 million listeners a day for XM satellite radio. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I, I was... can, I can hear it in your voice now. Well, I mean, it... sometimes the, the voice, the radio voice is a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. No, <laughs> I, I had a radio show in Korea, so that's why. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's why I do this podcast thing partially. It's it's my mom's dream that I become this broadcaster of some sorts. So that's very cool that you had that gig. Uh, how long did you How long did you do that? Um, so I was in radio for about a dozen years up and down the eastern seaboard of the States um, in a format called AAA, which is adult album alternative. Mm. Um, so, like basically album rock not just the singles but also across multiple genres so from rock and roll to reggae to folk to jazz right like a lot what a lot of people have in your you know your home collections and then this kind of radio um usually really prizes the theater of the mind so this mm. idea that me the the dj the programmer number one i'm programming my own music so that's mm. rare mm. and number two i'm I'm trying to create a bond, a, a bond of trust between me and the listener and make it feel very personal, even though, you know, I'm talking to 20 million peop people, right? So to right. give you that vibe of, of a two-way street. So um, what I, what I was, because I was lucky to come up in live radio where we were also programmers, mm -hmm. that theater of the mind became something so exciting and interesting to me, which is, you get it in reading books too, mm -hmm. right? There's a, this requires humans to have imagination to fill in the blanks of the story, right? Very much. Um, and I am fascinated by that. What, what someone was putting it this way the other day where like, um, instead of drawing every brick on a wall, you can just allude to a couple of bricks and then the human mind, you know, fills in. And so if you're the artist, um, that this is a cool dialogue, you're, you know, what, how much do you need to give me the watcher, the reader, the listener to, you know, to fill in there? Mm. So what I learned, Brandon, was that we used to, um, uh, at XM, we were, we were recorded, but we wanted to make it seem live on mm -hmm. my channel. Mm -hmm. So we'd leave in mistakes. And, and um, there were other tricks that I'd learned along the way, um, like how to crack my voice so it didn't sound like too sexy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. Oh my God, know? I got another story for you later. But anyway, okay, well, I'm continue. glad to hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, continue. <laughs> and um, and you know this this journey, like, how was I going to take the new music that was coming our way and make sure that it fit alongside classic artists like Bob Marley or or Dylan or U2 or whatever, right? And so that took a lot of planning for me yeah. and you know segues and all that. So one really cool thing that I learned was that the, I forgot who wrote the book, This Is Your Brain on Music, but um, he talks about the neuroscience of music mm. and the way that your brain has to categorize frequencies and, and notes is it, it calls up every song you've ever heard before mm. all at once to place and index the new song into your library in your brain. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, that's why music is so emotional because nostalgia is intrinsically tied to listening, right? Hmm. Now, your voice, my voice, your voice is a note. When you read text, you hear a voice and every voice is a frequency. It's a hmm. song, it's a note, right? Mm -hmm. And so when I think about writing, I'm thinking about that voice and I'm thinking about what familiar nostalgic touch points do I need to put into play so that this new thing I'm trying to tell you about, I'm trying to sell you, mm. you feel comfortable enough and you trust me to have this dialogue, mm. right? And then buy it. That so is related. You just, you just blew my mind because that, <laughs> that, that just made me think of like when we were joking about Clubhouse, do you do that with every conversation? Like, do you, do you catalog all your past conversations and do you like automatically, like when someone's talking to you and do it so quickly that you can actually, you know, I don't know. That, 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 I think that, you do. Huh. Like, don't, 
Yeah, I hundred percent. And I use that. I mean, I think, and that's why, that's why the weather is the most wonderful subject there is. Cause we all can talk about that and it's instant ground leveler, right? Mm-hmm. doesn't matter where you're from, what race you are, how old you are, where you work. Wow. Well, right. well, well, let's, let's, let's dial back a little bit. So before the radio career, were you always in radio? I mean, like, or, or did you, you know, did you jump out from college into radio? I mean, tell us just, yeah, tell us a little bit more before that even. Thanks. Yeah. Um, well, I was a fiction writing major in college, which was kind of a bullshit degree, but, <laughs> 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 or so we thought, Re- mm-hmm. remember like mm-hmm. Garrison Keeler, who like, we can't say his name anymore. Um, but he used to have one of those on his radio show he was always teasing english majors right um those weak people who like can't do anything because people said that about english majors like you only had what were you going to do in life you're going to be an author oh good luck getting paid for that or or a teacher Mm -hmm. and that was looked down upon which is asinine Mm -hmm. um but it was Mm -hmm. and now we're we're all laughing because Mm -hmm. the whole Mm -hmm. world runs on writing text you know email (laughs) all that stuff google Google, yeah, and communicating is very difficult, and people are terrible at it. We all yeah, are, you yeah. know, especially in writing. And so, um, I was a line cook all through high school and college. Um, I love, um, I love chaos. I love the chaos of the kitchen. Same chaos on a radio station. You know, when you're in live radio, it's total chaos because, mm-hmm. like, there may be silence. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen it. I've heard You've it. Rather. it. I've, I've heard it, seen it. Yeah, I felt it, whatever, you know, so and, and you're hearing the opposite right now with the, the I don't know if you hear the, 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 the drilling, but hopefully it won't be too bad. But yeah. it's awesome. It's all part yeah. of the, 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 the natural mistakes. We we're talking about that before, like leaving the, the human stuff like we're I love that those guys are drilling. And You know, it's like always they're always mowing my lawn when I'm on a Oh, are they? <laughs> like, ah! Yeah, right um, next to your house, too, right? Yeah, they're, they're, like, they're not far away. They're right. And the kid, like, there's one There's one kid, he likes to stop by the tree right there and get on his phone and, like, check his text. And he's just, the motor is just sitting right there for, like, 10 minutes. I'm like, dude, you're killing me. But anyways, um, so, yeah, so I was, I was usually the, you know, in smaller restaurants. So I was usually the person on the fry later and um, all the hors d'oeuvres. Mm. So that was super, I had a lot of burns up and down my, my hands. And I wore oh. jeans, I wore jeans and like it was sweating. I don't know how, cause you're younger and things are different, you know? And I was usually the only girl in the kitchen, which was fun. And, um, and it was a while. And the thing about um, being on a line cook and radio is that the trick is getting up everything everything up hot together and beautiful right and same thing when you're like you're queuing up the song you're listening to the tips and tails trying to make sure it's going to be the perfect segue you got your cart for your commercial going on here you got the liner set for you know the next id you got your copy don't forget to read the ad you know you got to get the weather in there and you got to say something cool and interesting and all the things right um so startup life ain't much different no no (laughs) No, you know, you, you, you remind me of, so I was an assignment desk editor for Cairo radio, which was in Seattle, a news radio station. And we literally, we were the only person uh, in the station at the time from 11 PM to 7 AM. So you had to deal with the wires. You had to listen to the scanners. You had to write stories. You had to, you know, check the board. And I was like, how not, you know what I mean? Like, how do you do this? And, and so you just reminded me of all that. And you also reminded me, there's a lot of smart people in radio. There are, and a lot of them I've seen go into startup life, by the way, mm. which is oh, really? so interesting to me. I, yeah, I did, I did not know that. I did yeah, not know I've that. been thinking someone should do a podcast on that, and or or some or a blog and, and research that because, like, I keep seeing those people come up, and I think it's because it's a it's another we like the we like the unbridled pirateness of of the thing, right? Mm, mm, you know, mm. like radio is pretty pretty lawless or it used to be and that was the fun it's also like you know now we know what payola is and all the sexual harassment and all that mm-hmm. stuff which i experienced too but we didn't I know bet. it then you yeah. know yeah. um but and also um i what, what we were talking about oh i was also by the way i was um 
I just think all these things tie together in your life. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, I was also a, a goalkeeper for soccer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. High school and college. Yeah. Jeez. You got quite the variety, um, <laughs> you know, and it explains a lot, like why you're so cool is, is oh. you, you, you've had all these different experiences, which, you know, like your brain is, act, I mean, it's been activated by a lot of different things basically. Right. Yeah, and they're all similar too. Like, I mean, I was a goalkeeper primarily because I had a boyfriend who was, and I wanted to impress him. Number one, <laughs> to be honest. And then sure. I smoked too, and I didn't want to run. And I was like, "Great, this sounds good to me." <laughs> um, and I am not very coordinated, but I like I love stealing the ball from out of people's feet, and I didn't have any fear of jumping in front of the ball. Um, and so, and you're, you're in charge of the field. You have the view where like really the goalkeeper is the person calling, should be the calling the shots. Right. So, and I, obviously I'm a bossy person. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So that was pretty, you know, pretty fun. And, um, and I, also the other thing I want to say about the kitchen that I liked was I love, I love camaraderie and I love practical jokes. And I find that those things flourish in a place of mayhem um, whether it's radio or um, anywhere else. And I found that while I love my women friends, mm. back in when I was growing up, women didn't do that stuff. The women I didn't know, I knew didn't. And I, I wanted to be a part of that silliness, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and now I perpetuate it in my own team with plenty of women, so. <laughs> <laughs> which is a good thing, which is a really good thing. So. It's a good thing. I, yeah. I can't wait to introduce you to a bunch of friends. One uh, a set that's creating a women's empowerment uh, organization, which I'll tell you about later. And uh, awesome. no, I'm a big, big, big advocate. My mom's my hero and all that good stuff. But, oh, um, cool. Hi, mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Actually, I don't, I, she might not know I do the podcast, which is the funny thing. So I'll have to. You got to yeah. tell her. I will. I will. I, maybe I'll start with this episode. So, uh, you know, I awesome. think. Awesome. It, it will be a great start uh, she might enjoy so um yeah well tell me if you don't mind like also even just a little bit more in terms of rewinding because um what i i'm curious about like sometimes even as as far back as like your parents like if they influenced you if they threw you in a private school or a public path you know what did they do did they master plan this out or did they just let the ecosystem kind of just you know let let <laughs> let it happen in the wild i mean can you tell us a tad on that or is that too broad sorry yeah no sure and thanks no one ever asked that stuff um mm-hmm. you know my both of my parents were teachers um mm-hmm. at one point in their lives so um they both have that skill and joy of seeing people learn now i i'm I can tell you now I was a terrible student for either of them. Like when they were teaching me, like my parents didn't teach me how to drive or something like that, you know, cause I'm not listening. Um, <laughs> but they, they did, um, there was never nothing. I mean, everything was possible. There was, there was always that there was never, but there was, it wasn't like this rosy glasses on. I mean, someone would tell me like, you're bad at that <laughs> move on, you know, and which I think, I, that's one thing. I don't have kids, so it's not fair, but mm. I don't, I hate seeing that today. I hate, I hate this idea that everybody gets an award because like, that's not life, um, frankly. Uh, uh, and I mm. don't think it's fair to, you know, to anybody, mm. but um, I was, um, I, I don't want to say this without sounding like a jerk, but so my mom, I was younger, I was young and my mom was a first grade teacher. And so she knew the things that you needed to have to go into first grade. And I had missed the deadline because I was, my birthday wasn't right, but she thought I was mature enough to go and I was ready to go. Hmm. And so they said, well, if she passes these, these tests and these IQ tests, you know, we'll consider it. And so I remember, excuse me, I know stitches. I remember going to get the IQ tests and um, it was really weird, like what, the, what that was like. Um, and I do know what my IQ is. It's pretty good. And, uh, <laughs> unless these things decline, I don't think they do. But um, <laughs> the principal said, okay, well, let's see if she's mature enough. That's the other hurdle we want to make sure. And so they put me in a class that was a mixed class, meaning like not just first grade or second grade, but first and second grade together. Mm. And um, I hung out with all the second graders. So that's, he's like, okay, so she you know, she's, and my mom always did that. She always had me in a mixed class like that. Cause I just apparently was more mature than my 
classmates, my same age group. Um, and then the other thing that I found that really helped me in life was that, so I was in this group, this is like fifth grade, um, called the TACT, Talented and Creative Team. Ooh, and there's like six of us that they mm. pulled out of a couple of classes. Mm. And for like an hour or two a day, um, we would, they would give us like, you know, enigma problems and we would do, we would read different books than other people and whatever. But the, re and we'd have these fun competitions and the reward, this is the best part, the reward was spending time with the people with disability students um, in the, so in, I grew up in Vermont and they had, um, they integrated those students in the classrooms. Mm -hmm. And this is just when they were trying to figure out how to do that. So they were in the building, but not necessarily in the classrooms. And so we would go and have lunch with these students. And the, these are a lot of students who were nonverbal, you know, or needed help being fed, stuff like that. And it was, it was positioned to us as a reward, mm. which we thought of that, you know, mm -hmm. now, isn't that interesting? Like, so the way that I grew up was very inclusive mm. and with a lot of um, uh, empathy and sympathy, uh, especially towards like underdogs and like, you know, Brandon, I'm easy on the eyes and my parents were not rich, but I guess we'd be middle class. And I, I knew that I had those privileges and I could see people who didn't. And I always had friends from all the different groups and I was always trying to bring them together mm. and they didn't like that mm. <laughs> at all. And I was mm. friends with the, with the mean girls, but I wasn't a mean girl. Mm. And cause, and then the mean girls were mean to me. <laughs> I remember that, you know? So it was always this weird thing. Like I could never quite, I never f quite fit in. It felt like to me. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was, and it always just like really hurt my feelings to like mm -hmm. see other people just, you know, kids are mean. Mm -hmm. Sorry mm -hmm. to be on, going on about this, but you just, you just brought back a whole bunch of memories that I forgot about. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, yeah, we could probably talk about this for hours too, but anyway, continue, please. Um, yeah. So my, my dad was um, a picture framer. He like opened a picture framing store and where you could do it yourself. So mm -hmm. you could come in and they would cut, they would measure your frame for you and then they cut the pieces out and then you would put it together. And that was like, it was called the frame game. <laughs> the frame game. <laughs> okay. And they had like work tables and stuff like that. And mm. so, and it was in the mall. And so I would grow up and go down to the mall after school, get babysat at the mall, you know, and I learned how to put frames together and stuff like that. And it was, they're so easy. A six-year-old could do it. Right. And um, there was an arcade, of course. And so my dad was friends with people in the mall. And so we'd go down there and Les, the guy who owned the arcade would give me 200 credits on, you know, Ms. Pac-Man for, and I would just blaze out so I was kind of cool you know? <laughs> <laughs> in that way um and I remembered like because this is that tomboy nature right um mm. like ha eventually eventually we owned a couple of those games and so mm. now they're actually in my in my garage outside mm. but um you know I'm not fun to play Galaga with because you don't get a turn <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> but what I learned though was, so I learned how to beat these machines and I learned that it was possible to beat the machine and that there's a difference between playing a game and winning and beating the machine. Right. Mm. And so I wanted to beat the machine. I, I didn't, I don't even want to play you because I, I know I can beat you. That's mm. not fun for me. Mm -hmm. You know? So uh, startup life is a lot like that. And I remember trying to explain that to investors in the beginning who were like, you know, trying to figure out my credentials as a leader. Um, Cause that's all you invest in the beginning is like the right. person, the you know? Person, exactly. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. I beat the machine <laughs> and they didn't know what I was talking about, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> that's when the numbers reset, by the way, people, like, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you go, to, you go all the way up and then the zeros all reset and you're, you're playing again. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That must've been interesting. I can't even imagine how many stories you have when, you know, talking to VCs because some of them just serendipitously oh, yeah. just got there. Right. So they have the money and they were making the calls, even though they didn't have the brains or whatever you want to call it. And I shouldn't say it too loud because it's probably <laughs> preventing myself from getting some funds. But anyway, with all that, no, said, that's a whole nother thing we can definitely talk about when, when the time comes, but yeah, I mean, I don't, my experience there hasn't been, with angels it's been different because angels for the most part 
are my angels. Most of them are also entrepreneurs mm. and angels invest with different parameters and they can go with their gut a lot. And I'm a gut kind of person. And so I, I speak their language much better, you know, whereas venture capitalists, I found that the, I mean, never say never, but the goalpost keeps moving and, and everybody wants to see me do, do the dance. And like, I'm great at the dance, but like, I feel like it's just a dog and pony show. It's like, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, totally, totally. I'm, I'm, I'm questioning it more and more every day. And I'm thinking of just figuring out ways of just making the money myself because yeah, why not? I mean, if I, if I can make the infrastructure for different things happen, so we'll see. But. I feel the same way. I mean, you know, we, um, so 95% of our team wasn't paid for two years because mm. I couldn't raise. Mm. And um, it was so frustrating to me. And I checked mm. every goddamn box there was to check. You right, know, like right. I should have been getting, I'm doing A plus work. Why am I not getting an A plus? I didn't understand that, mm. you know? And um, I think it certainly has made me angry. Like mm. someone called it a chip on my shoulder and I mm. wanted to give them the finger. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, so female founders and people who are not white men. Yeah have to work harder. So female founders yeah. have to work. Uh, we only get 2% of all the funding. Yep. 2%, 2%, 2%. If you're black, you're not even on the scale, right? Mm -hmm. And so I have to work 98% harder. And so like I'm working 98% harder and then you're gonna like <laughs> pull that shit on me. I know, I know, I know. I you mean, know, so I understand. That's not a chip on my shoulder, by the way. That's that's mm. the thing is that's gaslighting me, mm. right? and that's mm. de demeaning mm. my effort and your effort. Mm. That's not a chip on my shoulder. That's society. Mm. Right. Excuse me for interrupting you, but no, no. I please when when whenever because, I mean, the only thing I really want to say is that you know, um, well, I mean, I obviously get it, but it's just we could go off on this, I think for a while, just because you, you, you know what the issues are. And, and that's why I volunteer for the organization is because, I mean, it just, it just, it's just math. It's like, where does, why, why is 50 minus 2%, you know, like why is 48%, you know, why is there that big of a disparity? Right. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, no, I, I get, I get very frustrated whenever. And, and the funny thing is I just actually posted it today about the 2% because we won't go off on too much, but like I just created a small group of female entrepreneurs. I try to nice. connect them all, you know, so that they could help each other. And, you know, it's just, that's the only way we're going to win, right? Is if, if we yeah. have solidarity. So, and someone reminded me recently, actually, like, so I think a lot of, a lot of underdogs, wh whoever you are, like focus a lot on other people like them, but you have to make friends with the people above you in yeah. those positions of strength because they're the ones that have to lift you up. So you have to include them in the conversation. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. So I, I can't wait to, you know, introduce them to you and, and hopefully, you know, once you're farther in the stage, obviously you can kind of help more. So that's um, what I'm doing next is I decided is I want to go and either work for an accelerator or for a venture capital firm. Oh, no, you, you, Kate, you, you need to be the future of VCI in my mind. Like you have to be, I think it's, I mean, Thank you. I will, I will send you an email. Actually, I just sent a bunch of others and I just, I'm sorry, you're not in my regular inbox, you know, so that's why, but I, but I sent like at least 20. 20 or so. Um, so I'll cool. send that to you. But anyway, so less about startup and less about VC now, but let's talk a little more about education. So um, we, we now know how you became who you are. So, or at least a little oh, yeah. bit better, right? I forgot to tell you one thing. Can I tell you one? Thing? Yeah, yeah, please. Just, please. So, yeah. Um, so my, my parents were divorced when, um, when I was nine. And um, when I was a teenager, my mom decided to move to Florida mm. um, to better her life in that way. And so I had a choice to make, which is, did I want to live with my dad who I loved, but like we, I'd never really lived there for a long time. And I was, you know, uh, it's just like, I was about to be a junior in high school or, or something else. And so without telling my parents, I applied to prep school <laughs> and I got a grant and I just came home one day and said, I'm going away. Goodbye. <laughs> Cause I wanted to avoid the chaos, frankly. So that was crazy because were, how I grew up, you going to prep school was a great privilege. Mm. And, but when I got there, I realized that wasn't it at all. Most mm. kids got sent away <laughs> and they were sh little shits. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you couldn't do all kinds of things at prep schools that my parents would let me do all the time. Mm. And so it was like the police. And so I learned right 
right then what it was like to not have freedoms that seemed asinine. Like people don't trust you at all, you know? And like, it was so shocking to me because my, my parents did trust me. Mm. Um, and so I remember that, but it was a great exposure too, just to money. Like, so when I went to college, I wasn't so surprised because people had a lot more money than we did. And also just that experience of, you know, the, the shampoo just isn't always there. You have to go buy it. <laughs> right which that's something you don't really get till you get your own apartment and so yeah. it was good to have that um kind of not only resourcefulness but then also just like you are when the kit everybody does as humans you're always juxtaposing yourself against everybody else that's human nature you do the survival instinct and having it that way was much different than in my whole in my other life you know this was a whole new group of people that came from all over the world actually there was i went the school i went to had um a very strong english as a second language program mm. so it was pretty cool i started i took japanese mm. um which i continued in high school and college mm -hmm. um so and i was interested in um the belonging was very clear these these kids already had very set groups of belonging you know, and I didn't fit again. And I remember a group of girls sitting me down in the common room one night telling me that they hated me because I was good at sports and I was smart and I was pretty. And they told you like, as, if, were, like, as, as if they were disciplining you yeah. for, be, for being good. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It was terrible. You know, it wow. was just so terrible. Yeah. Wow. And I remember being like, what the hell yeah um so it's funny like those things that you that you, they make you um that stuff didn't really phase me i was just like mm -hmm. whatever i mean I, my my parents had already made sure that i had a pretty strong self image mm. you know yeah. but i thought about like you know that people teenagers and women and and girls teenage girls can be so cruel and mm. like I can't imagine. I mean, I've watched my nieces, um, my cousins grow up and, um, and seen them just deal with basic high school stuff. And I just think, wow, like, <laughs> I don't know how you do it, you know? Um, yeah, I, again, you, I, I'm so sad I did not meet you like 20 years ago because, you know, as you're just... And, and it explains so much. I mean, I, I almost feel like I don't need to ask you all these questions about education because I now know why you're such a brilliant person. It's just uh -huh. you've had all these experiences that have helped you have a multitude of different dimensions, I think. And, and so... Um, because you no, know, I, I, I bought the domains of the perfect school, something like that, and the perfect college and the perfect university, not because I was trying to create the perfect uh, institution, but rather because my son was about to go to college and I was trying to convince him to go to community college. Yeah. I was trying, I was trying to give him, and because he has to pay 65, $67,000 for public school. Um, and I'm like, dude, do you know <laughs> how much you're going to regret this in four years in terms of the debt? And he's just like, well, no, I'll figure it out. But and he will, he will figure it out. But, um, but, but I was like, did you know, you could probably get the same kind of stuff and then you could go experience three different places in, and I, I will support you and move with you for all, all wow. the places. But anyway, he's like, Nope, I'm going to UCI. I'm just going. <laughs> and so I was like, okay. Cause you don't know when you're that age, you don't know. No, you don't yeah. know. You don't know. So, uh, but anyway, um, so yeah, my dad used to, uh, he was constantly saying, will you please go to law school? I'll pay for it. And he wanted that because he wanted a lawyer in the family. And I was mm. like, no. And the number of times I thought, oh, why didn't I do that? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. No, I, th I think you, even though you didn't, you, you still got quite, quite the education. And, and so speaking of, and I, I'm thinking that you probably have a lot of different perspectives in each of the different, you know, stages, and you kind of already talked about the boarding school or rather the, you know, type of, you know, private education. Um, do you think there's a lot of missing components or how we should, I mean, we're not going to change the whole system, right? We're, we're not going to, we're not going to, I mean... <laughs> Betsy DeVos didn't really do anything. So, you know, it's just like, you know, we're not, we're not going to even with somebody who's very strong, probably going to change the private versus public versus all these alternative forms. 
but what 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 would you want to change or what do you think can help so that maybe you could have a better team or maybe you could have better people around you and maybe there could be less girls picking on the girl that was good yeah right i mean i guess the it sounds kind of silly but like i mean the teachers need to get paid a lot more that's period like i mean i was lucky that i had really good teachers and because the pay was good i mean i'm from vermont you know so they had different standards than other places and prep school they were paid and i had people who um even though i there's a lot i hated about going to that school and i paid for that mostly myself you know i worked i did work study and i got those grants and everything like that um but those some of those people really helped me and shape shape took the time even through college by the way like so i still until recently until i became a ceo i used to send christmas cards to most of my professors because i made friends there and i could call them and i did call them up like i've had hard times over the year and i needed a job and i'd call up john cunningham my sculptor professor and be like jc i need i need a job this summer and he got me student housing for free on campus and he hired me you know like so i these these wonderful humans i received the only ever um quit smoking scholarship from uh english professor suite of of advisors because they really wanted me to quit and i couldn't afford the patch and they paid for it mm. you know like these are these are amazing people but they get paid <laughs> right yeah. now there's plenty of amazing people who don't get paid but that's less and less you know yeah. and so i mean you know i don't I can't even imagine any other way because like we all say, oh, it's all about it all. It's all starting when you're young. Education is everything. We all know that's true. Mm. Um, but if you don't have um, people willing to take the time to know the students, because that's the extra stuff that they don't get paid for. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. and I can imagine like it's a factory. We we were especially America. We create a factory out of everything. You know, you can't science. You can't science learning. We keep trying to with all these stupid ass tests, right? But there's a human in there. That's the art part, you know? Um, it's the same way with Startup Land, by the way, like um, Simon Smalls and I were talking about this on a um, podcast recently. Shark Tank and the venture community at large has scienced startup life mm -hmm. to try to like come up with these patterns of things that they look at, all the, the, the equations that make you a unicorn. and that prevents them, they're missing, they're missing out now. There's, there's, they're actually missing out on the unicorns because they aren't taking the time to look behind the surface and get to know the human there, exactly. right? Exactly. You know? Yeah, and like I said, I was on a clubhouse the other day with somebody and I just happened to say something about lately and where we're at. And he's like, well, and that ele elevator pitch, you didn't mention it. And I said, wait a second, that wasn't an elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> But like what I'm saying in this, and, and it was Charlie, and I said, Charlie, in this moment, it's your job, instead of to judge me on what I didn't say, to ask me mm. about it and give mm. me the opportunity to continue the dialogue with you, which right. is what venture doesn't do is right. they cut you off, right? Right, right. And, and this is what schools do as well. They cut you off. Well, you didn't pass this test or, mm -hmm. you know, like, like the fact that that principal listened to my mom and gave her the time to see if i could pass these other tests and they wouldn't do that now you know you're, you're either in or you're out no i agree i agree and uh you made me think of you know as you grow your organization you're almost that teacher or that principal or whatever it is right yeah so yeah i mean so on that note like <laughs> i'm you know it's tough because I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And so Lauren, my head of everything, recently had a baby. Yeah. Mm. yeah. <laughs> and, um, everybody's healthy and great. Um, but the baby came a month early. Mm. And so <laughs> I just lost like a major person in my life who sure. I rely on, you know. And Lauren has been training our new staff. And the reason is because I don't have time, obviously, but it's also because she has a deeper knowledge now of so many more things than I do. But also because her general demeanor is, is better than mine. You know, I'm pretty kind of quick, you know. Um, so like I'm this week, I'm training somebody. And today, I know I just gave her so much at once and I felt real, I was apologizing to her about, I was like, oh my God, are you going to leave us now? I just, <laughs> 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 
But I think like the other thing though that I that I am good at is I and um, I see things a little bit differently, certainly with women, but like there's things that you can teach that I don't think people take the time to teach around communication. So for example, um, if, if you're learning how to use Zoom, like you should know to mirror the person on the other side of you, generally speaking, right? So like if my face was this big and your face <laughs> was this big, or we're right. both here, you know, right, right. Um, or like sitting up straight and, mm. um, you know, these are the little tiny things that like I take the time to teach my team because this is now about our whole lives are representation yeah. constantly, right? Agreed, agreed. Yeah. And then also we talk, so the golden rule is something we talk about a lot, you know, do unto others, right? And how to affect that, not only to a customer. So, um, hey, Brandon, just assume, like, say say you you write a nasty message to us on Zendesk. Mm-hmm. Like, I demand my money back, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so first thing to do is like, see if you can get them on a, fo- a phone. This is mm-hmm. business. We want to save the sale. But also like, you know, someone might be like, oh, Brandon's kind of being a jerk today. Well, maybe Brandon's brother is in the hospital today. Mm -hmm. We don't know that, Mm -hmm. you know? This is one reason that I follow my whole team on social Mm -hmm. is because I know, I know when, when Chris is, it's the anniversary of Chris's dad's suicide. I know when that is, I see it, I see that. I'm not gonna bust his balls that week. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and it's simple to affect. It's not, it's some of it is about being kind, but some of it is about like, so the other thing I learned at XM was we were broadcasting across the nation, which was, you know, kind of new. Um, and so we would have to say East Coast time and West Coast time. So mm-hmm. 12 p.m. East, 9 a.m. West. And that was so great because I can't do math. And so I taught my team that when we're scheduling with each other, with our customers, like always do that. Just, mm. you don't, don't, don't know where they are. Just do the math for them. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, and it's it's lead by example stuff too, Brandon. Like, um, you know this about me, but I normally I, I curse like a sailor. I'm I'm a foul. I was I was gonna <laughs> talk to you about this. So continue, please. Just let it all out. I, I want to hear this. Yeah, I mean, I just am, and and I, it, to the great dismay of my parents but um (laughs) i i'm not apologetic about it anymore because someone marat marat from era my one of my first accelerators gave me this advice be yourself and i was like duh of course and he's like no you're not being yourself be yourself and a huge light changed because like i would go to these meetings in my like little suit and my leather case can you imagine that's not me at all mm-hmm. and then be yourself meant wear my jeans and cowboy boots and a t-shirt because that's who i was you know swear um if, if that's what i feel like doing mm-hmm. and um when i when we the first two hires that we made at lately that were outside hires happened at once mm-hmm. and i remember really making this effort to try to be this polished leader who didn't swear and yada yada and it something felt weird and i could tell they were they felt weird and it felt very formal so they were calling me they referred to me as yes boss someone did and I was like I don't I'm not want that mm. and then I just said fuck it, and and started swearing and they started swearing and everybody's <laughs> whole thing just I got to know them better <laughs> and we were just normal people right it's just faster, faster. I, I I've tried to hold my tongue I mean there was one point where I was about to use the f word earlier and uh, <laughs> if 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 this was me you and I would just, there would be at least a dozen a piece of F-bombs in this conversation or S and whatever. Um, because I, 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 yeah, serious. I, I use the F-bomb as like a, 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 like a replacement for very, you know, or, or it's, you know, it's just, it's just very that, you know? Um, so, you know, I, it's, but you have to know me and obviously they have to know you and sometimes, you know, it's taken out of context, but uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to stop the education stuff now just because uh, I want to make sure you get to your next appointment, obviously. Um, And also, I want to make sure we get at least a few minutes around these last five questions. I think there's a lot. There was a lot of great stuff that you shared today around education, not not just from like how you went through it and what happened. But um, man, I wish we could have you back. But um, you can. Well, I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) So we'll, we'll try our best. 
but uh, these last five questions are what we always try to end uh, the podcast with. And, and, and I think it will help us with so many different things, but let me just dive right in and just shut up. <laughs> so, uh, um, so first question is, is who's your hero? Me. Amazing. <laughs> I am. I busted my ass to be this person. Uh, I'm really proud of her. Wow. I absolutely am floored right now how awesome that answer is. Um, I don't think we need to know. I mean, we don't need to know why. It's it's pretty clear. Okay, so that that's an amazing answer. Um, the second question is, who's a good role model for society? And you can even add yourself in that list if you feel. My Aunt Johnette, she lost her three children in a fire 35 years ago, and she put herself through undergrad, uh, got her master's and her doctorate, and went to D.C. to help the poor. And she's the person that invited me to the Walmart project and that trusted me to work with the largest company in the world, even though I was a super newbie and very unpolished. And she just let me run. And that's the how Lately was born. Lately, lately came about because of that project. Wow. She sounds really, really cool. Um... She's wonderful because she's so gracious. And, and just being around her, you feel light, even though she's had all this great darkness in her life and and um boy that's you know whenever i feel crappy i remember oh it could be worse well speaking of crappy so my third question is always to help people who feel crappy um and i probably haven't shared this with you but my cousin killed herself in her mid-20s and my ex-wife's cousin jumped off oh. the 13th floor of a building so you know they they obviously um couldn't handle it and not to their not I don't, I don't think it was ever their fault. You know, it was, you know, and obviously it isn't. Um, but, you know, one thing that I keep on trying to bring it back to, though, is for all those now that are struggling. And, and you know, and that's why I asked this question. I asked, how did you get through those tough times? I mean, you know, you, you had thick skin when those girls kind of attacked you or sat you down. But there got to be some times where you just you're just like, God, you know, like, help me. Um, so tell me or tell us, if you don't mind, how did you get those tough times? Yeah, thanks for sharing that, by the way. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, you. you know, I, um, I just, first of all, like I was taught that there's always a way. There's always a way. And so you have to figure out what those resources are. Sometimes there are other people. Sometimes it's self-help. Sometimes it's just going to get your hair done and buying new sheets, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> or taking yourself out to dinner. So, but there's always, you know, a way. And so that, that is always there, you know, but like recently it's my team. I mean, Lauren, 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 especially, but everybody, I mean, like I said, I didn't pay them for a couple of years. These people have actually bled with me and we're a very flat organization, which I think, you know, I cannot do this without them cannot it is so hard i fall on my face every day brandon crying sometimes you know a lot of times crying and um you know (laughs) here's one thing that's so great about them they tell me when i'm doing a good job what do you know any company that tells their ceo good job no it's it's supposed to be the other way but jesus you know that is so cool yeah and i need it No, I think a lot of CEOs and, and people who are in this capacity um, need it a lot. So yeah, we all do, right? I mean, yeah. it's so Agreed. that's just that's just love and appreciation, respect, all those things, right? Agreed. Agreed. Um, no, that was beautiful. Um, honestly, uh, uh, so again, just to make sure we get you to, to your next appointment, make sure <laughs> lately, lately, you know, gets out there, uh, but. Uh, the, the next one's hopefully an easy one about food. Uh, so what do you love to eat? What, what do you, what do you eat almost every day if you can? I love everything. I'm an adventurous eater, the crazier, the weirder. I mean, if you took me to um, a sushi restaurant, I would like say you pick it or let the chef pick it, you know, just mm. make it weird. Um, but um, you know, I, I eat to drink. So <laughs> in real life. <laughs> Well, when, when I when I finally make it and have money, I'm gonna send you a box of wine, or I don't know what your you know awesome. preferred, preferred whatever it is. So that's cool. That's funny. Um, yeah. All right. Last one is just uh, real quickly is uh, what makes you unique? I mean, the whole hour I think or whatever time we spent together makes me feel like you know that's the answer. But do you have something else? 
Um, I, you, you do people like you, like this, like we said already, this journey is hard. It's thing hard. And it's, I mean, not even, there's no other way around that. And it's not because it's in, in my head or a complaint. I'm not whining about it. It is hard. And I need other people, whether it's Lauren or my mom or you or David Meerman Scott or Gary Vaynerchuk to lift my ass up, you know, and (sighs) Um, we're that's some of that is touchy feely. Like this is a crazy ass life. We're all living this weird thing right now together, you know? Um, but you gotta, you just gotta do that disarming thing once a day, whatever it is, maybe it's go hug your husband or your dog, or, you know, when, when you back away from the counter, (laughs) and you're outside, pull your mask down and smile for a quick second so they can see a smile, you know, or wave to people on the path instead of just not. Um, all those things are just like human things because it can be gone. Brandon, you just, you just told us two stories of how it can be gone, you know, and you don't want, you don't want that terrible feeling of like, I wish I had done something else. Completely, completely. Um, quick secret. Uh, I usually rise when somebody else makes me rise. Like when I am in the presence of others, like you, I feel like today I've been a little bit more on my game, like, or at least I can articulate my thoughts a little more because of what you've said. And I really, really thank you. And I think other people out there will now want to see you talk to you, reach out to you. So how, how can we get them connected with you in case they want to buy lately, or if they want to reach out for another podcast? Uh, thanks. That's just the best compliment for sure. Um, so we're at www.lately.ai, but I'm Kately from Lately. So you can find me in all the places at Lately AI Kately or Clubhouse is Kately <laughs> um, and on LinkedIn and, and all the, the fun things. And we're very friendly, right? You are. You are incredibly friendly. Your team is absolutely amazing. And uh, I, that's why I'm here talking to you today. And uh, uh, one, and, and so it should be easy to just by finding lately. And if it is not, I am going to do everything in my SEO powers to make sure it is. So I promise you that I've just made that promise here on air or whatever it is here. So thank you. We have one we minute. That help. <laughs> okay. Well, that's good to know. So anyway, uh, we do have one minute. You need to go. I want to thank you so much. Kate, it, it, this was absolutely, I mean, I, I hate to say it to the other previous guests, <laughs> but this was absolutely the best interview I've had. Hey, it's Brandon, your host of Educate. We sincerely appreciate you spending some time listening to the show. Hopefully you've gained a little bit from the time with our guests. And if you have a moment, please feel free to leave a review, whether it be constructive criticism or another five-star review. We simply would be happy to hear from you. Oh, and if you don't mind subscribing, that's an additional bonus. We look forward to having you back here on Educate.